Hey guys. Hey y'all. Hey, it's Danny, and we are back for another episode of Spin the Bottle. Spin the Bottle, the safe space we've created to figure out if this thing called adulthood is overrated or not. The jury is still out. <laughs> I just can't decide. I have some ideas. Okay, guys, we have a really great show for you today. Um, We brought along a super special guest, and he's here to talk to us about grit. So we want you to be prepared to take home some really awesome jewels because he's about to lace you down with that quality knowledge. Yes, grit, like eye of the tiger type, let's get this fight on. I'm trying to sound tough and excited and gritty like that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Like just, you know, I want to get in the gym. I maybe want to like hit some heavy things. Yeah. Yeah. Run around the block. Just yeah. get my life together. All of it all of this is physical. Right. I know. <laughs> but there's also grit of character and Yeah, you know. totally. But that's what we feel like. It's the I am <laughs> And you're like every time you hear that song, I'm like, I don't hear that song a lot. You know? But it's like think about it. Dun 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 Yeah, it's just very, that part. Dun dun dun. Yeah. I would like to know, Drea, do you consider yourself a gritty individual? Well, I think I am pretty driven, but there are times when I could be a lot more consistent. Once I really start digging into what grit is, and as we start to explain later on in the show, yeah, I think I can definitely use some more grit, some more stick if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I really start out strong. Mm-hmm. It's the finishing part where yeah. I tend to fizzle sometimes. So no. I'm actually looking forward to getting this. I'm hoping we will get some information and this is exactly what we need. Right. So who we have in the studio today? We have my friend, my brother, mm-hmm. the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> he goes by the name of Gregory, but you guys may know him as Clarity. He is something like a social media big deal. He, you he's may have kind found of a him. big deal. He's, he's kind of a big deal. He has a couple, two, three million, maybe five million followers, four million followers. He's showing Thanks me for the correction. Five. Thanks for the correction. You know, just a couple million, <laughs> couple million followers on various social platforms. You've also probably seen him in some movies. Yeah. Okay. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He is my he's friend. He's got a lot of, my a brother. Lot of dashes. Yeah. Lots, lots of hashtags. And um, he's here to talk to us about grit. Inconsistency. I think that maybe it's time for our word of the day. Yes. To describe Mr. Greg Davis. I have one for you. So today's word of the day is obdurate, which means unmoved by persuasion, pity, or tender feelings, stubborn Mm. and unyielding. Dang. Obdurate. And in other words, just to put it in a sentence, in order to achieve lasting success, it would behoove you to be obdurate in some respects rather than all willy nilly. You know, sometimes you need to be stubborn and unyielding. Or phrase. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Willy nilly. I like that. Obdurate. As you guys already know by now, Drea and I are huge fans of quotables. We love words. We love quotes. We love love things just fitly spoken. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So this segment is named Words to Live By. Okay? We're going to share a few thoughts and a few phrases that we feel are absolutely necessary. 
Now, I actually was really excited about this topic today. So I Googled consistency. Nice. And found a bunch of really great sayings. Some of them not really attributed to anyone, but really helped me um, just think more about how I can be more consistent. It's more like inspirational rather than like practical steps. And step one, this is how you are more consistent. But kind of like some word porn, some inspiration. Yeah. Some things to just kind of like jolt you into the next level. So one of the things I found was <clears throat> what you do every day matters more than what you do every once in a while. Wow. You and I are so connected because I did the exact same thing. We just like a theme. <laughs> we just like a theme. That's really what that is. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> so my words to live by were by the master Bruce Lee. Wait, I think I have the same one. <laughs> I love and that. what he said was long term consistency trumps short term intensity. Well, I shine in short term intensity, y'all. I will have an obsession for like mm-hmm. 33 days and be in it to 33 win it. days, exactly. And then sometimes I'll just fizzle. It just depends. I mean, we've been pretty, I'm actually very proud of our effort for this podcast. This mm-hmm. has been pretty consistent. Um, but there are other areas where it's just all intensity at the beginning and no see-through. Yeah, no follow-through so, at all. Bruce Lee I, I said it you. best. And I listen, karate is a pretty intense situation. So if he can do it. <laughs> if he can do it. Okay. <laughs> I, one, another one I found was, if you are persistent, you will get it. If you are consistent, you will keep it. That's mm. just truth. You know what Lovely. I mean? Lovely. You know, these are really good screensavers, guys. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Google really helped me out with that. Just here are some ways to inspire yourself towards consistency and maybe getting a little more gritty. You know, that's the name of the game. Grit. So tell us, guys, what are the quotes and sayings you run to for wisdom or comfort? Maybe a little inspiration. We really want to know. Shoot us an email at ddspinthebottle at gmail.com and we will share your feedback with the rest of our tribe. After all, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> so adorable. Okay, guys, it's about that time. Let's spin that bottle. Okay, here are the categories for the week. Currently crushing, giving a little insight into the things that are currently tickling our fancy. One time at band camp. Random stories that make up the fabric of our lives. I feel away because we have opinions. Many opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Lyrically, though. Because when you miss a word or two of the lyrics, sometimes you end up with a totally different song. Jewels by DJ Khaled. Giving credence to the oddly inspiring and noteworthy sayings. <laughs> of said DJ. Of said DJ. And black cinema. Melon magic on the silver screen. It makes my heart pitter-patter. Jewels by DJ Khaled. I really enjoy this guy. I mean, <laughs> I love he's the way like you say his name super... Because you, you know the girl in the video. In the girl, like, yeah. DJ Khaled? But you don't even say... <laughs> like, you never make a reference to the fact that you're quoting <laughs> the, the best? girl. <laughs> you just say it. DJ Khaled. Uh, it's crazy. Who loves you. DJ Khaled? <laughs> Anywho, 
Um, he yes, he's oddly inspired and he's he, inspiring. Like I, I like him. And uh, okay, I have to say, I'm probably gonna buy his book and put it on my coffee table because it's, it's got hilarious. a beautiful cover. And his album cover, did you see him with it's a lion a, in a, a lion <laughs> with a key in its mouth? Do you follow him on Snapchat? No, I don't use Snapchat. Right? Then, then he doesn't inspire you, really. No, he doesn't. Oh. How did how does he inspire you? I Google him, DJ Khalid, and then read, and I think he's not, funny. That doesn't count. Oh, okay. I didn't know Aww. he had, is he big on Snapchat? Yeah. How, he's okay. Kinda, what? That's it's like, okay. That's li- great. It's just I don't I'm understand a, Snapchat. I'm a I don't understand Snapchat. Anyhow, he's literally known for being big. I thought he was known for all I do is win. Oh gosh. DJ Khaled, please don't listen to this. And be Cousin, sad. you're supposed to be on my team. Anyhow, Ooh. is he listening to our podcast? I, I enjoy know. DJ Khaled. <laughs> I found his work inspiring. Yes, you and did, And here girl. I am to share one of my jewels that I think is, is correct. DJ Khaled says, the key to more success is a clean heart and a clean face. And that, my <laughs> friend, is wisdom. Keep your heart clean. Say that. Keep it pure. You know what I'm saying? And keep your face clean. Let's talk about the truth of that. I feel like he doesn't. Take some time to man (laughs) groom or woman groom your face. Washing your face is important. That's so true. (laughs) It's really true. true. I mean, you know, a lineup is important. That's great. Always a lineup. Lineups are always. I'm telling you, listen, black men walk different when they come out the barbershop. You ain't never lied. Just a little more pep in their step. (laughs) I'm walking different right now. Just a quality lineup, crisp and nice. You ain't never lied. So, you know, my thing with um, DJ Khaled is that he's always like nature, (laughs) but he's always by like a well manicured lawn. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe a resort somewhere. Yeah. I don't understand (laughs) it. It's his backyard. I get it. I get it. It's, it's, It's nature, but but it's not. It's not actual, like wild. It's not. It's not wild. Anyway, so I found this quote that I thought was funny, and it says, "Obviously, there's two meanings." It says, "You gotta water your plants. Nobody can water them for you." I'm sure he said this while he was watering an actual rose. (laughs) We love you, DJ Kelly. Listen, you gotta water your plants. Nobody can water them for you. Take care of yourself, man self-care we are mm. all about it on this show you guys know that right go out there and get it nobody's gonna get it for you grit see how it co- all see? comes back now it's all coming it's all together coming full circle so before we get into this conversation we have to explain what grit is and one of the definitions that we love is passion and perseverance for long-term goals and it's just the tendency to sustain interest um, over a long period of time toward a particular goal. You have the drive, you have the desire to accomplish it, and you just consistently take steps toward accomplishing it every day. This is a very exciting moment because I have my, my brother here in the studio with us to discuss grit. And we thought he would be awesome for this. But before we dive into that conversation... Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've already let everybody know that you're a pretty big deal on social media and you are an actor and a comedian and street fashion connoisseur. Ooh. Oh. Hey. Anything oh. Else? Like <laughs> this is new info. This is yeah. new info. Yo, you don't know. I've been really into fashion lately. 
It's okay. a really, it's okay. really a big, Especially really a big thing. New York. It's of like, course, it's like a big part of me. People know you as Clarity. It's important for me to say that. Some people know me as Clarity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I always say my friends know me as Greg. My family knows me as probably another nickname, actually. Like, Tui, Gregory, Dan, yeah, many things, many yeah. things. Well, right now, I have a film actually that I shot last year um, in New York. Coincidentally enough, before I moved there, coming out in theaters March first. Hey. AMC theaters. We just got the word like two weeks ago. We got distribution. It was like a, it was an independent film. It, they um, started making the you know indie film route, and it started winning some festivals. Awesome. It, it won best uh, best thriller. Best. It won the audience award for best thriller. Uh, slash horror, whatever, wow. and um, then it got picked up for distribution, and now it'll be in AMC theaters across the country. That's so Yay. great! No, what's the name of it? The Eyes. The Eyes. Yeah. So sounds very cryptic, right? I love it as a thriller. You know, it's a thriller. Are you playing Greg is crazy? very funny. I know. That's what <laughs> the thing is. Like, the, the 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 joke of all of this is like the whole like Vine and Instagram and social media stuff is like it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been a dramatic actor. That's my that's my passion. I don't, all this comedy stuff is like an accident. Yeah, I, I'm not a funny guy. And let's backtrack for a second for people who don't know who Clarity is, um, and you're just getting to know Clarity slash and Greg today. <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us who Clarity is. So Clarity is, I mean, I guess he's the the internet guy the online guy. I mean, but before that, Clarity was the spoken word artist. He was the poet. That's mm-hmm. how I got my name. Um, before all this happened, I used to, I mean, I still, I haven't written anything lately, but I used to write a lot of poetry. I used to perform around town, mm-hmm. um, all across, you know, Los Angeles, at colleges, different things like that. And that's how I got the name Clarity. Clarity was born because, you know, when, when people heard my pieces, I wanted them to feel a sense of, no pun intended, but Clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up the definition of the word and I was like, what does this word mean? And um, if you look up the word clarity, it means, you know, to bring light to darkness, to illuminate all these different mm-hmm. things. Right. And so what I wanted people to feel after they heard a piece was exactly that. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was coming up with my name, um, I came up with my name because of all those adjectives and whatever. Right. So that's how clarity came about. I changed mm-hmm. my Twitter handle to clarity. And that was that. Um, I think I changed my Twitter handle to Clarity in August of 2012. I didn't start doing Vine until like June or July of like 2013. So it was Clarity for like 10 months. Yeah. So when I started doing Vine, um, how I got my Vine name was because I was too lazy to create a Vine account. And because Twitter had purchased Vine when they first got started as a company, they gave you the option of creating an account through Twitter. And I started making these little videos and then, I remember like it was yesterday, somebody commented, ha ha ha, clarity, that was really funny. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like, <laughs> and I don't know, it just kind of stuck. And I just, I honestly, I just never changed it. What did it was, there was this Facebook account called um, Best Vines Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time because Vine was such a small thing. And the Facebook account had like 800,000 likes, which is likes slash followers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the biggest thing that was promoting this small little app. And that page posted my video, one of my early videos I had done, saying, ha ha, check out this video from Clarity. And I was like, oh shoot, it's official now. Because yeah, you can't go back. 800,000 <laughs> 800, people just saw, 
you know, them post saying, here's the vine of the day from mm-hmm. Clarity. And I was like, oh, shoot. And I just honestly just never changed it. And wow. I love that because I definitely didn't know you were a poet. See? I'm learning new things. Mm-hmm. New things so all the good. time. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so we know you now as the guy who's the social media guy. He's mm-hmm. the funny guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have five million followers. You've been working really consistently. Mm-hmm. You live in New York. Mm-hmm. Um and seemingly it looks like you you're a shooting star. But let's just like rewind mm-hmm. and give us a little color <laughs> into let's just give a little color to your story and to kind of where you came from. And I just want you to paint the picture because we really did want to talk about grit. And I think it's easy to look at you and it looks like it's been very easy and like, oh, he just stumbled on this vine thing and then oh, he just took off. But we know there's a lot more. It's such a joke. <laughs> there's a lot more. Oh, so tell us yeah. a little bit about your story pre-Vine. I mean, how much time we got? I mean. I ain't got nothing. Listen, listen. I don't think this podcast is long enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, I've kind of shared my story a little bit. But um, before all the Vine stuff, man, I was legit. I mean, it sounds so like typical, I guess, for the for the normal starving artist. But you know, I homeless the whole thing. I mean, I was sleeping on your couch, storing my stuff up in your upstairs uh, loft closet for the longest time. I think I just got it out of there what like a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it was what it was. I mean, I you know I've I've been in I've been in L. A. for twelve years. Um, I've had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, more downs than ups. Or maybe the ups, maybe the downs seemed more than the ups because when it, when you're down, you just feel it more. Yeah. Um, you tend to focus on the downs and the negativity more than the ups. But uh, either way, um, I mean, bef- when I discovered Vine, I was still sleeping out of my car. I think my car got repo at the time or confiscated, so I think I may have been sleeping at the Ark, which was the Ark was a community center of them, uh, my local church that I was attending at the time. So I would like sneak in and sleep there or sleep at friends' houses or sleep on friends' couches every other night. I mean, it was literally, what am I going to do tonight? But uh, when I discovered Vine, it was during that time. So I was like creating these little videos uh, at the time when I literally would have to find a different place to sleep every single night. And um, a lot of people don't know that. So at the, the, the dynamic is that at the rise of of clarity you know whatever the perception of that was being internet famous i literally would have to like call friends and like hey can i sleep here tonight so whatever your perception of me was it was like it wasn't at all what you thought it was you know i mean you're talking about somebody i mean what is this 2016 so i've li- i've only had my own place to live for two years hmm. i mean i got my first apartment in june of 2014 wow so you know, whatever, again, whatever the perception is now, I mean, you can look at my social media now and see whatever. You can look at my Snapchats or my Insta stories and see whatever now. But it's literally only been two years since I've been back on my feet. Um, and you were a child actor. I was a child actor. So you had, so you were working really consistently. You were on, yeah. what, three items or less, right? Ten, ten, ten. ten. I- you missed seven items. <laughs> three <laughs> items or less. Ten <laughs> items or less. You was close. You just got cable show. seven items or somewhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, so it was a cable show on TBS. Um, I was on that show for th- it was on for three years, three seasons. That was my f- one of my first things I booked when I moved to LA. 
Um, I was a child actor. I was, I was on this show called Gullah Gullah Island. If anybody ever watched that, it was I on Nick Jr. <laughs> really, really loved Gullah Gullah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was my first major acting thing ever. You know, in Florida, I'm from where I'm from, born and raised in Atlanta, Florida. Um, when I first started, I was doing like a lot, a lot of Disney commercials as an extra. So like Disney, Epcot, whatever. My first quote unquote big job was being on Gullah Gullah Island on Nickelodeon. I think I was nine or ten at the time, and um, I remember that being like the biggest experience of my life because a I didn't have to go to school <laughs> and uh, they would film at Nickelodeon studios. So like I would literally not have to go to school and I would be on set. And you have to understand that at the time being on a Nickelodeon thing in the nineties was big. Huge. Yeah. Nick, yeah. yo Nickelodeon in the nineties. was y'all? a big deal. It was everything. a huge deal. It was, it was everything. You're talking about roundhouse, all that Keenan and Kel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, even Eureka's Castle, the Nick Jr. shows. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Yeah. Nick at night. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Snick. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the 90s on Nick was yep. bigger than Disney. And I was a Nickelodeon kid at the time. So it was like one of those moments where um, it was kind of cool. It was like being a rock star. We got to go to Universal Studios for free, like every day, food for free every day. And that was my childhood experience, you know, at nine or 10. Um, so, you know, and then after that, I would, you know, still book more stuff as I got older. But eventually, a lot of the stuff left Orlando. You know, I mean, it was Orlando. So yeah. all the studios left, all the productions left. And, you know, I ended up having to be a regular high school kid. I mean, I went to high school. I played sports. I played. That's how I got hooked on football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everything moved out to L.A. So when I, when I graduated high school, I, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Football wasn't working out because of my attitude, got in some trouble, some things. And I was like, I got to figure out something. And I did not want to go to school, college. I mean, I, I got letters to go to college. I just was so disinterested in going to college. It, was, it wasn't even funny. I mean, I got, I remember the University of Florida called me to go on a college campus visit for my academics. I had a 4.2. I don't well, know. Go ahead and be smart. Yeah. I don't know how I got a 4-2. <laughs> I mean, I'm not dumb. I'm smart, but I naturally, ret- I don't study. Like, I've yeah. just, I've had this, God has literally blessed me with the gift to retain knowledge. I just retain stuff. I'm like a sponge. With that being said, I wasn't interested in school at all. So, um, when I graduated, I was like, I don't want to go to school. Of course, that threw my parents for the biggest loop yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to move to L.A and pursue my career as an actor. I wasn't going to play sports anymore, so I was like, I'm going to be an actor. And that's how I became... So I graduated high school on a Wednesday. I think I moved to L.A. that following Tuesday. Wow. And I never went back. I never went back. I've been in L.A. ever since. So it takes extreme grit to even say, I'm an artist. I want to come out to L.A. and just make it work and not really have a full-blown plan. Yeah, I didn't have a plan. I mean, I wish I could. T- I wish I could tell you like, yeah, I did this and that. I had no plan. I mean, the only thing I did was kind of like send out a bunch of submissions to a bunch of agents and stuff before I came out here, so I yeah. could have some meetings set up. But I didn't have a plan. I think I moved here with fifteen hundred dollars in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Fifteen hundred. Wow. That's. I mean, you live in L.A. You know, that's nothing. That's maybe a a month depending where you live or maybe two months of rent. It's not enough. That's what it is. That's not even yeah. barely enough. I mean, but yeah. I thought I was like, yo, I was 18. <laughs> yeah, you, you was like, I got 1500 money. <laughs> and I worked before in Orlando. This is going to work out. That's like rich. Man, and let that's me tell it. you something. No First utilities. month I was broke. 
broke. I was so I had to. I mean, I ended up getting evicted from my first apartment in L.A. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, grit. I mean, you talk about grit. Like my first apartment, I got. I ended up getting evicted. I had to move down to L.A. L.A. Like L.A. Mm-hmm. and rent a room the from some girl. LA. I remember that. I mean, like it was yesterday, man. This girl named Naja. I think that's her name. Nyla. No, Nyla. Whatever. Whatever her name is. She like ended up letting me rent a room out. This other dude. And um, it was like four hundred dollars a month, and I ended up having to do that. But I mean, that was my first experience. I remember before I got that room, I had to I would sneak back onto the property of the place that I lived at, where I got evicted, and sleep in the computer room. And one morning, I got awoken by the security guard because I didn't know where else to go. I was eighteen. I know where else to go. And then um, I remember like it was just he poked me on my side, and I had to get up and like like leave. It was like seven something in the morning, and um. You know, I, I remember not telling my mom because I didn't want to want to worry her. But I, I just remember thinking like, nah, this is a part of it all. Like uh, this doesn't. I mean, my roommate at the time had already drove, driven back to Orlando. He give it. He had given up. I stayed. But what made you stay? Yeah, that's the part I'm <laughs> so no curious idea. about. I have no idea. I just knew that I wasn't going back. There was no option to go back. I could sit here in hindsight and say, yeah, the Lord told me not to go back or whatever it is. I. And, and, it, and I think to some degree it was God, but at the time I just knew that going back to Orlando was not an option. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's only two. I, I mean, it's a, again a cliche is a cliche for a reason, but there's only two options back where I'm from. You end up dead or in jail because there's nothing there. There's nothing in Orlando. There's nothing there. You know what I'm saying? So what, what was I gonna do? Go back to what? So I had to stay. My odds were better there. My odds were better here. Even if I had to struggle and, and sneak and sleep in a computer room or whatever it is I had to do and be awoken by a security guard every morning, I was in Hollywood mm-hmm. where there was opportunity. Did you always believe that you were going to make it? I always did. And I still do. I don't know. I can't explain it. I never wanted to make it just for the sense of making it. So I never liked to use that term because I don't want to be, and I hate using the word, using the word famous. Mm-hmm. I really do because it, it, being famous comes with so many things and so many people want it for all the wrong reasons. Me going back had a large, or excuse me, not going back, had a large part in playing the fact that I I, I, I could see myself making it out. Mm-hmm. I literally saw myself persevering. I literally saw myself, even though I was sleeping on the ground that night, I saw myself, you know, living in a, you know, taking care of my mom or living in a nice house or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just saw it and I can't explain it. I just knew that I wasn't going to go back home because every time I looked up, this high school person was in jail. That, that high school person was dead. That high school person was doing this or that. And um, I wasn't going to go back to that. So it kind of sounds like you had this sort of internal knowledge or this thing that was pushing you and driving you to continue to stay in LA to continue pursuing your dream and then even when you may have hit rock bottom and I want to I want to know if you felt like you hit rock bottom at any point 100% yeah yeah I mean I hit rock bottom a couple times I mean so the time that I talk about when I when I got you know I skipped waking up by that security guard I hit rock bottom in like 2009 2009 I had already been on my show. I was on this comedy show 10 times or less. 
seven more items in three <laughs> <laughs> on uh, TBS. Um, the show got canceled, and you know, at that time, I wasn't really. I got close, but nothing came into fruition for a couple of projects, and so I was kind of hitting like a little skid. Um, wasn't making any money at the time. I was kind of my money. My money was dwindling out, and um, I don't know. Like I got really angry at life. I was really bitter and angry. And uh, um, I remember 2009 being such a low point. I had a house in like Woodland Hills. I, I remember having to leave that house because I was spending so much money. It wasn't no money coming in. I had to downgrade to an apartment. Um, I think I remember getting unemployment at one point. Um, I was getting in legal trouble, dumb stuff like tickets and not taking care of tickets. So I ended up having warrants and 2009, I remember being a low point because I, I think I ended up um, going to jail at one point in 2009 and it all stem, stemmed from a, a, a simple traffic stop that I just neglected, failed, 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 failure to appear um, that turned into a warrant that I neglected and stopped on the way home. From a football game, I had just won the championship in my like in my league. Um, I had the game-winning touchdown to everything. I was on a high, not high. I was on a high. <laughs> <laughs> Driving home, I remember, and I was just pulling into my apartment complex, and the police stopped me. And I was like, whatever, just a normal thing. Ended up getting um, stopped. He's like, did you know your license is suspended? I'm like, what? No. What? No. He's like, yeah, took me to jail. And it was, wow. And it was on like a weeknight. It was on a Sunday night. And, the, and it was like the next day was like a holiday. So I didn't get out of jail. It was like Tuesday or Wednesday. And I remember sitting there in jail thinking like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm I've been to jail what before. the hell right now? I've been to jail before back in Florida, but, you know, for other stuff. But like as an adult, as a person who just came off TV, as you know all these things i'm like what am i doing here what am i doing here like you know i'm saying i'm in jail with the dude who did this and that and the third and i'm sitting here for what for what it was rock and i was i just i remember that point like being so angry and like again in life and i just admit in the midst of other things then that happened i was like that was rock bottom that was rock bottom for me because I had no business being there. Like, I'm not unaccustomed to that environment, unfortunately, and that being in that atmosphere. But at that point in my life. Yeah. I was like, why? That was rock bottom. Okay. So just digging a little bit deeper into grit and what exactly we're talking about for the purposes of, the, of this podcast, we're saying it's perseverance and passion for long-term goals. Key being, it's a long-term goal, right? You need the passion, which I think everybody, you know, there's a lot of moves these days towards like, what's your passion? What's your purpose? Like, what inspires you? And that is important, right? Mm -hmm. But there's the other side of the coin, which is perseverance. And that tends to be a little tougher, um, especially mm -hmm. in light of the fact that your goals may take years and years on end right. to accomplish. So in light of that in the conversation that we're having with Greg I guess one of the things I want to ask you Greg is mm -hmm. what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about making it if you will or like the time from I we asked you because we think you're a very gritty person mm -hmm. but like you stick with it you stick with mm -hmm. it clearly but from your what story is one of the biggest misconceptions you think is out there about what it takes 
what it looks like, the process of succeeding, becoming, if you will. The answer that comes to the top of my head, and I'm only saying this because it's, it's coming to the top of my head, but sticking with it, which, which, yeah, but I also think that a lot uh, that comes into play is really understanding, like, if you're meant to do something and then sticking with it. Because, like, like mm-hmm. okay, for example, I'm never going to play in the NBA. I'm just not. Why not, Greg? <laughs> If you dream it, you can be. What do you mean? At this point in my life. At this point in my life. (laughs) At this age and height. (laughs) I will not be playing in the NBA. But I could wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm going to play in the NBA. It's like, listen, again, listen, we know that anything can happen and God can do anything, right? Okay. But But realistically. It's going to take a lot for me to make it in the NBA at this point. So So, (laughs) I think a lot of times. Um, like even with something like that I think I think not giving up also has to come into play of what you're meant to do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like they, yeah. there's this old saying that's if you want to make God laugh tell him your plans yeah and uh, I think you have to come into alignment with whatever the plans for your life is and then not give up on that because coming to alignment with the plans therein lies the true success does that make sense yeah it, it does, does because you said they're in it does. i love you <laughs> Let me tell you ever since i you ever since i learned they're in i don't even know when i learned it, but it just makes you sound so much more eloquent like they're in line your entrance back into your kind of rebound of success if you will was this unknown app that nobody knew about yeah and literally i tell people this all the time like our friends, we were making fun of him. Like, why are you always shooting these silly little videos? Like, mm-hmm. figure out what you need to do. <laughs> Get a plan. Get a plan, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. at the beginning, it's like, he didn't know what was going to take off. He didn't know what Vine was going to do. He mm-hmm. was just making these videos. And all of a sudden, every time I turn around, he's like, I'm shooting, I'm editing. So using the limited resources that you had, because all this started how? Like, how did you make these videos initially? Literally. Like, what did you, what tools did you have? My iPhone. My iPhone 4 at the time, I think. Um, I used what I had. I mean, the app was an app that uh, praised and celebrated the usage of just what your phone. I mean, it's an app. So, like, you, you Instagram, everything is just your phone. And the app is meant for that phone model at that time. So, when you made Vine, um, all I had was my iPhone because it was encouraged to shoot on your phone and post on your phone. Um... So a lot of times, you know, with film and having a background in film, like I was taught like you need cameras and you need a set, you need crew and writing and all this. To shoot these videos, you didn't need all of that. It was accepted that you could shoot on your phone. It was accepted that it would have a cell phone, iPhone 4 quality. The time was iPhone 4. Think about it, where we're at now, iPhone 7 Plus. You know what I'm saying? But at the time it was iPhone 4 where the quality was, ugh, right? Um. I mean, we look back on it, it's uh, but at the time it was like, yo, iPhone 4, right? Mm-hmm. But that's all we had. That's all I had. So if I wasn't going to be on anybody's set at the time, I had to understand where I was at the time, right? And I had to use what I had. And all I had was my iPhone, but it wasn't all I had. It was everything I had. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and again, I, mean, I keep going back because it's in me, but whatever, this is not preachy. You know, you're faithful over the few, rule over the many, right? 
you know, that you go to the talent story biblically when you talk about the one, the three, and the five, or how much of he gave everybody, right? The one with the five went and hid. What did he do with it? The one with the five, dude. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> one of them was afraid. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? One of them was scared. One of them was scared. They were scared. It's like, oh, well, you only gave me one, so I, you know, I buried it because I wanted to make sure. Oh, the one with the one. He's like, I'm going to go hide that. And the one with the five did more and the one with three did more. I think that's what it was. But the point is, you know, the one with the one, he had the he had the inverse mentality of like, well, that's all I got. So I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it. And for me, you know, I realized at the time, again, not even foreseeing everything that was going to come from shooting stuff on my cell phone. But I just knew that I was an artist and I needed to be creative. I loved to create. And a true artist doesn't create for an audience. A true artist creates because he wants to create art. You look at some of these famous painters, you know, Pollock and Basquiat and all these guys, Banksy even, before he became popular, he was famous for being an underground street artist in New York. Banksy was a street dude, right? And 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 and, and he wasn't known for being in the public eye, but he did what he did. So my point is, I took my phone and I created what I could create because I was an artist. I like I, 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 from a natural perspective, when you eat food, right? And this is where our bodies work. When something goes in, it has to come out. Not to be gross, but it has to come out. And if you don't let it out, you become constipated, right? Just follow me. Creatively and spiritually, it works the same way. If you're an artist, an artist must create. You must, or else you die. When something, when God puts creativity and ideas in you, you have to get it out. It's meant for you to get it out. He didn't put it in you just to sit in there. Like he put that in you so you can get out and help the world with your creativity. You have to inspire. Musicians inspire, artists inspire, actors inspire. He doesn't give you anything just for you to sit on it. That's why the one got punished. He was like, you foolish, wicked individual. I gave you a talent. You sat on it. Why? Because he was afraid that I only gave you one. He was going to lose it. Now that was dumb. I gave it to you so you can multiply that thing to spread it. So an artist must get it out. If you don't paint, if you don't record, if you don't act, if you don't do whatever it is to get that creativity or that artistry out, it will sit inside of you and it will die. It will create a stench. And then you become bitter. You become resentful. That's what I think one of the keys is. So you ask me what I did, all I had at that time, my goal wasn't to be internet famous or have followers. I just wanted to get things out. I felt stifled. I felt suffocated. I felt like I was dying. You know what I'm saying? And I could no longer be angry because I wasn't on TV anymore at the time. I I found this app and I was like, I got to create something. I got to just do something. I got to do something or else I'm going to die and it's going to stink. And I started to create with the wholeheartedly intentions of just creating. And I think everything else fell into play. You know what I'm saying? Because I showed the Lord or whatever. I was like, yo, here, yo, I'm going to do something with that. And my intention was to, to get comfortable in front of being in front of the camera again. So when I have an audition, I wouldn't be scared anymore. Because I took a two and a half year hiatus. And so I was creating just to create. The blessing came when I was making people laugh. The blessing came when all these other doors opened because all I wanted to do was create. Grit is using what you have because he always gives you exactly what you need at that time. He's never gonna give you more than what you need at the time because you don't know how to do it. Grit in my case was using my phone and shooting videos that made, and that made me happy. 
that literally made me happy because I was releasing my creative artistry and the rest came. So Angela Duxburg, who the, I guess she's a sociologist that studied grit. She talks about like having an ultimate concern. Like this is the thing that drives you. Right. And it it gives meaning to everything you do. Um, And it sounds like your desire to create was what drove you to just continue to make these Vine videos. Yes. Um, But I know just from experience, even as you're like creating, you know, the things that you love, at some point there's kind of a lack of motivation. Yeah. Right? And how did you get over, get past the lack of motivation? Like what kept you going while you were, you know, Naturally, see, naturally, I'm just hard-headed. Mm. That's my character. I'm just hard-headed. The way, the way it was turned for good, my hard-headedness was turned into turned into determination. I don't like being wrong, ever. <laughs> I like having the last word. I like to prove people wrong. So while I was doing these Vine videos and everybody was like, you're wasting your time, I literally would get into arguments on my Instagram when I would promote Vine. And people were like, you're wasting your time. What are you doing? And it literally became, I mean, half of it, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was times when I was like, especially when Instagram came out with video, I remember that time. It's like, should I keep doing this? And I wish I could tell people, it was like, the Lord said to keep doing it. That wasn't the case. I didn't hear that. I, don't, I mean, I wish I was... What I didn't hear was stop, though. What kept me going, again, I'm naturally hard-headed. But what the way that was turned around for good was that turned into determination because it's the same characteristic. You just don't, you, whatever somebody tells you no, whether it's a person, whether it's a life circumstance, you just keep saying, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not listening to that. So when you tell me you're wasting your time, I'm like, not only am I gonna show you that I'm not wasting my time, I'm gonna show you exactly the fruits and the benefits of what I've been doing, I'm gonna show you why you should have did it and jumped on the train. I didn't give up because I just liked what I did. And it was the first time that I was able to create something outside of the industry. So for people who aren't as driven <laughs> naturally, <laughs> like Drea and I, and I don't know, in the arts. And I have to say, like I don't think that I'm not driven but I do think that I have a different type of drive and I don't think that it's like, I don't think you can put two people's, you know, determination side by side. Like it, like, it looks different. Um, and everybody has like a different motivator, you know? So for people who aren't as driven, what would you say that they have to do? Like what is something that you think is absolutely necessary if you're trying to attain a goal? Who aren't as driven? Yeah. All right. Well, then I, I I'll say this: if you're not as driven, then you have to ask. You have to you have to find something that that you can feed off of. Like for example, like you may not be as driven, but um, ask yourself: do you want do you want to stay where you are now? Like find something that motivates you. Like for a lot of people, like from my area, like a lot of cats will just want to take care of their mom. They may not be self-driven, but they find something else that drives them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's virtually impossible to chase a dream and not be driven, though. I don't think those those two don't go hand in hand because to chase a dream is by 
nature going to take a lot of drive and a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. If you're not as driven, you have to ask. Like this is what I tell people: is like when they, people ask me all the time, like I want to be an actor. Like I'm like, all right, cool. Let me, let me just tell you this right now. Find out why you really love it, why you really want to do it. Because of those times that you want to give up, you have to remember why you're doing it, so you can hold on to that, so you don't give up. And if that's for us, so you can get your mama house, or so you never have to experience cold water in the shower again. So you never have to experience roaches in your place again. You don't never have to walk home past a dangerous neighborhood again. You don't have to, whatever it is, find that thing and grab onto that. So that let that push you, even if you're not self-driven. You've got to find something to hold on to. And I think if you have a dream, it, it, it's virtually impossible to not have some sort of drive. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not for yourself, do it for something else or for somebody else. Otherwise, it won't hold you. It's interesting, um, Angela, in her in some of her research, one of the things she talked about was uh, deliberate practice and how important it is to be kind of laser-like focused mm-hmm. into whatever it is that you've you're you know you're dreaming about. So, you know, this kind of because of what Greg does, this has a little bit of a gear toward creative, sure, you know. But this is for everybody. So, you know, to to achieve anything, right? If you want to be a doctor, if you want to be anything really there's gonna have to be concerted effort like directed in that in that area mm-hmm. and one of the things that she said um that i thought was really awesome is in anything so there are times where like what we do gets boring even if we love what we do right like you, you know, don't love everything about you your don't, job you don't love everything about it right mm-hmm. i'm sure you don't love sitting up reading lines or whatever mm-hmm. you know there are parts of your craft that may have a little drudgery there are things about my job that i like things i don't what she said is it's important at those times a lot of people what they'll do is they say I'm not passionate about this anymore like this just doesn't have the thrill anymore Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try something new and so what her advice was was when you get in those ruts because it happens no matter what you choose to do substitute substitute is what I meant to say um she said substitute nuance for novelty. And by that, she means like go deeper into maybe a different thread of what you're already doing. So maybe that looks like, oh, I'm, I can't be on set, but now I'm doing Vine. Or, oh, I'm a lawyer and this is really boring, but I'm going to dig into like this different part of the law. Or So go mm-hmm. deeper and just mm-hmm. find different things that interest you in your lane. Because a lot of people, what ends up happening is you just start taking on these new things and then it fizzes out again because you're thinking you're going to be passionate about all of it all the time. For you, Greg, I'm sure that, I mean, he didn't just make vines. He studies. You yeah. Like you study. You study acting. You study characters. I know I've seen that yeah. personally. Um, you study director. Like the, thing, the things that you are passionate about, you make it a habit to be a student of. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, in anything, it's like, and this is one of the things that Angela was um, actually in her book and we're going to um, include her links and stuff for you guys to read in the show notes but one of the things she said is if you just have talent and then you have someone who's not as talented but is abnormally gritty that person will generally pass up the grit- the more gritty person will pass up mm-hmm. just sheer talent you should have some talent but over and over again you have to do the deliberate practice and the work That's and right. the boring That's stuff right. and you have to do it over and over and over and over, <laughs> and over again it's and not that's sexy. and that's in it's part why you know people who are just so so good at things like sometimes they believe that because they're so so good at things that everything That'll else just will open come the doors. 
That's not but necessarily the case. talent is never <laughs> enough. And that's why we see so many people who may not be necessarily the most talented, but they're definitely like more, I, yeah, quote unquote, su- successful. It's because they have done the work. They've done what you've been dreaming about. I think that's my biggest takeaway. Um, just doing the work. <laughs> if you're the not work. determined... Figure out what can make you determine Because <laughs> uh, then it's just not going to happen for you nah. You know maybe Maybe you want the wrong things for the wrong reasons You yeah. know and maybe that you shouldn't be so driven About something that you're not mm. Passionate about at all So that's cool um, I think knowing your why always And being really clear on that Very clear I think that is my biggest takeaway From this combo It's really good Yeah. Thanks Greg you're welcome. Yeah, we appreciate this. You're very welcome. Grit. True grit. True grit. grit it's movie, a movie. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> We're back again with that spin. I'm such a rapper. <laughs> such a rapper. Bars. And you know how <laughs> you know how we do in the second round. This time, Greg is going to get to spin the bottle mm. and talk a little bit about what's on his heart. Just to do a quick recap, mm. we have currently crushing, mm. which is stuff that you are currently feeling and into. Okay. One time at band camp, which is a really funny story that you want to share with us. Okay. I feel a way, stuff you just don't get, you feel a way about. Okay. And you have an opinion, so you need to share it. Okay. Lyrically, though, because sometimes you're not really sure if you should be jamming to that song. But you are. <laughs> and then or you not. realize what they say. <laughs> I don't know. Right. And Black Cinema, which uh, uh, that boy. needs no introduduction. You and I have had many a con- conversation. I, I, hope but he, I kinda hope your he gets thoughts Black Cinema. About, about magic and yeah. melanin on the silver screen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's give it a spin. Let's do it. Lyrically, though, Ooh, challenge, okay. challenge, challenge. <laughs> All right, Gregory. Yo. So, give mm-hmm. us a little knowledge or something to do with lyrics. Yeah, one of my favorite songs ever is, is uh, Jay Z "Can I Live" off his Reasonable Doubt album. I was a song called "Can I Live," and even from the intro, you know, he he says, um, you know, we hustle. Uh, out of a sense of hopelessness. Sort of a desperation. Through that desperation, we come addicted. Sort of like the fiends we accustomed to serving. But we feel we have nothing to lose. So we offer you, well, we offer our lives. What do you bring to the table? We talked about grit. You know, like his thing was like, we, you know, we, we do this out of a sense of hopelessness, desperation. Like I said earlier, it's like, you know, if you don't have that drive, then you got to find something else that's going to keep you going. Like, again, mm-hmm. like I'm never taking a cold shower ever again. My mom is still not okay. So if, if you don't got self-drive, let something else drive you. But literally with the lyrics, he's like, we hustle out of a sense of hopelessness, sort of a desperation. And through that desperation, we become addicted. When you find something that, like, drives you, then you become addicted to the hustle so you can change that situation. Uh, mm. Sort of like I the, like that. Sort of like the fiends we accustomed to serving, but we feel we got nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose at that point, so we offer you, we offer our lives. What do you bring to the table? 
you know. So that's why I like the intro. And then, um, oh, I love this line. Lock my body. Trap my mind easily. Explain why we adapt to crime. I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. That's how we own it. Live at the main event. I better trip to now. That's yeah. kind of what you were saying in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just need to create. I need to create. I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. That's what artists that you got. You can't let that stuff sit inside you. He's like, I'd rather die creating. I'd rather die being striving. I'd rather die enormous by living, by taking chances, but then live dormant because that's not living. Mm. That's how we own it. Live at the main event, a better trip than Maui on it. Um, Jay-Z preaching. Okay, so this is one of my favorite lines. He goes, my mind is infested with sick thoughts out of circle like Alexis. If driven wrong, it's sure to hurt you. Do level like duplexes in unity. My crew and me commit atrocities that we got in unity. Like, your mind is the biggest thing that plays tricks on you during this thing, right? Like you say, if you're not driven, your mind is the biggest thing. So my mind is infested with sick thoughts that circle like Alexis. If driven wrong, it's sure to hurt you. Your mind is the is your worst, could be your best and your worst enemy and your worst nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Your mind is the one that's infested with all the thoughts. The thoughts is going to keep you driven or it's going to keep you down. Mm-hmm. And and the thoughts that can come into your mind, whether you become bitter or whatever, like it's a dangerous place to get to in your head. And and, and if driven wrong, it's sure to hurt you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I just, I love that. I I love that. I love that part. It um, sounds like Jay Z was just dropping. I feel like you love the whole song. Yeah, you pretty much <laughs> love the, the whole song. I'm telling you, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> this was, I mean, this was when, I mean, you gotta understand. This is reasonable doubt. I mean, can I live? I've played this song in my because it was so many things that you could take away from it. It's so appropriate for you, though. It I, is. I have too. to say, it is. It's so appropriate. The whole for you. song was a hustle song. Yeah, it is. And he took the streets and he applied it to life. Let's and do that's it, guys. Why, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. I I have to say, kudos to you for coming up with that on the fly. Yeah. Hey. That was it. Was can we live though? Can we? Yo. Can we real. live? <laughs> I know y'all can't see our faces right now, but but yeah, but okay, we, we we're getting ready to get it. <laughs> the eye of the tiger is the cream of the crop. Is that the song? Nope. Damn. Through a little fight, my love. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Lyrically, though. I don't understand. That was a good one, Greg. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. It's time for Recent Revelations. It's still a good tune, no matter where it came from. I really thought it was an original. Are you you I so really did. did. I just Anyway, <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Fine. So, recent revelation for me. Um, dude, I'm not that gritty. <laughs> like I'm just not. Like that's I I'm not proud of that in any way cuz I have dreams. I have things that I want to do. Um, I think I am determined. But I think having an ultimate concern, having a laser-like focus, and really sticking to it, I think I need some more help in that, you know, some more consistency. I agree with that. For me. Yeah. I'm not making a judgment call on your level. Yeah, grade, I see. I hear what you're doing. I, yeah, Shade. I agree with that for me. And I think that's a goal for us moving forward. We both want to be a little more Yeah. Gritty. Yeah, I really want to make it a focus. 
is to really develop that and deliberately make choices that are creating more a much more consistent life you know yeah and I also think that I I wasn't aware of grit really before and I really admired like sort of the free-flowing go with God yeah do you know what I mean like yeah. oh it's it's more creative this way and but honestly it's just like all the quotes that we said in the beginning like if you're persistent you'll get it but if you're consistent then you'll keep it that's right and we're all about keeping it keeping it so whatever that is so yeah my my revelation is i'm not that gritty i'd like to be more gritty uh, i'd like to be more clear have some more clarity <laughs> you're so witty you're so witty so yeah that's where i'm at okay this is like i don't know that this is a revelation you always say that every time i know so it has recently come to my attention as I continue to endeavor in this, this dating so- world. Oh, dating. I was like, is this about social media? I <laughs> no. I it's always technology. <laughs> no, no. Um, I fooled around and um, went to, to an IPIC. Have you been to IPIC? No. Have you ever been yes, to? Once. Have you been to IPIC? Oh, the really nice theater. It's a movie theater. Like yeah. Okay, so there's like recliner seats. Yeah, there's blankets. Super nice. Hot you have to have a membership to it's be part the of it. Way, it's the way to do movies. Like, it's just the way. Mm-hmm. And I have realized that I'm a little bit bougie now. I fooled around and went to an IPIC, and now I'm like, oh. You want me to go to this So AMC you want to go to the AMC. You <laughs> where? Okay. I can't have a waiter <laughs> come and bring me food. I love it. Um, I have some really, really weird ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm learning this. What I, I guess I say all this to say, we are very big about becoming students of ourselves mm-hmm. on this show. And as I'm dating, I'm learning so many little nuances about me and the way that I kind of flow. I also hate it when I'm texting like when I'm having a text conversation and you're sending me abbreviated words, it drives me crazy. <laughs> that's not that's not a deal breaker. That's just a little thing that I'm realizing it though as I'm like endeavoring to meet new people. Like when you don't spell out Y-O-U, it makes me feel away. Like when you just use well, how you, would you spell it? Oh, you. You. Okay. The letter U. You're so funny. Everything is so... <laughs> Everything is so abbreviated now. So you don't like you are with the U R E. No, you are. You are. Okay. I hate yeah, like you, spell you take it. umbridge. Okay. Spell it. Okay, I take awesome. umbridge. It drives me crazy. Also, all of these like I'm having to like stop people, and I don't mean to make them feel silly when we're talking, but I'm like I'm sorry. Um, what does um, what is the newest one I just learned? W B Y. Do you know what that means? W B Y. Yeah. Or W B U. No Maybe it's WBU. It's not W. Yeah, there's no WBY. So yeah. WBU. What about you? Spell mm. it. Well. It's it's WBU. To type out what's about well, you is just like WBU. It's just, it's quicker. But you're trying to get to know me. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> and and the first thing you should know. What is the problem? Like, please just like take the time to to spell it out. Like W. And, and I'm stopping. Like, I'm sorry. What does WBU mean? What does this mean? I'm sorry. I'm not up on the text lingo. But so I'm learning, which we've already known. 
I, I can't. I'm my text game is not tight. The dating episode is going to be one of my favorite episodes. I'm just with gonna regard to abbreviation, but also you may get a couple cool points if you take me to an iPic because I really like it there now. IPic. You don't fall asleep. I probably will fall asleep, but it's all about the experience. Hmm. You're not going to experience that with your They give you blankets. They give you blankets. So you just want to go to sleep. (laughs) No, you got to catch a matinee. Catch a matinee, you know, maybe I'll be able to stay awake. Okay. Did you have a drink? Yes, honey. I had the whole whole thing thing, and I was just like, this is the way. This is the way (laughs) the movie should be done moving forward. New experience. So yeah, just learning about myself in this dating world. New you. it's a totally, it's a totally new thing. Gregory? Yes. Do you have any recent revelations? Anything quickly that has just dawned on you? <laughs> that you're what? like, Life? Just, this is random and this is something I'm about learning. About me or? Sp- you, other people, just anything. I've learned, what I've, what the revelation I've had about myself is that I am who I am at this age and I've, I'm, I'm finally settled, like, settling into myself and I'm happy with that. I know what I want, what I don't want and who I am and who I'm not. What I won't put up with, what I will. I'm just. Takes a long time to I, get there. Yeah, once you, I think once you hit like 30, you just be like, yeah. That's yeah. what we've been saying, man. <laughs> I, you, that's one of the major lessons about this adulting thing. Yo, it's crazy. Like, how, how you gonna let people talk to you? you know, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, like, wait, I'm sorry. Wait. I'm you sorry, you didn't remember, like, hey, 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 look, listen. Hey, um, hey, um, take all that bass out your voice. Right. And, <laughs> and here's the thing I can't make it. And what you're saying is not gonna change the fact that I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> mm hmm. So <laughs> I feel like you're making this about you know what I'm saying like I, yeah, yeah. I just you just get to the point where you just don't care you're like I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I tell people all the time the 30s have been awesome. Yo, like 30s are great. 30s are great. I used to be afraid to turn 30. Like I'm getting old. Hell no. No, nah. Yo, you're you're, you're mad young. I can't wait to hit 40. I can't wait to see what that's like. These are the times of our lives. It really and it's is. gonna get better. Listen, and I, I say this all something. the time. Maya Angelou was 80. And I think 83 or 84 when she passed. But she was at, uh, out here on Oprah like, listen, the 80s, if you can get Once there, you get to the that's 80s. where you want to be. Like, the 80s are hot. Like, that, listen. Damn. That's hilarious. That's crazy. We continue to grow. But yes, 30 is where it's at, guys. Yeah. Also, always pay your tickets. Yes. Don't pay be your out, tickets, Don't y'all. be out here. Pay your tickets. Don't Just do it. pay your tickets. Don't be mad trying to beat the system. The system will, first of all, it's set up to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> Pay your dog on You're not going to win. You're not going to win. It ain't worth it in the long run, trust me. You'll be sitting in a jail cell a year later. Thomas and how did I get here with Pablo, who's standing there? Yeah. Can I say nothing? That's not what <laughs> Pay your tickets, guys. Pay your Pay tickets, tickets, especially in L.A., honey. So many jewels. With all of the issues that we're having with our with our Treasury Department, they will you will get a parking ticket in one minute like they are waiting to give you a ticket in these not ever play if you ever, ever play so yeah we love you this has been awesome this has been awesome greg thanks so much for joining us yeah no problem we appreciate you we appreciate your wisdom yeah i appreciate y'all thanks for having me let me talk and rant this well, we is good know that you we know that you feel a way about gritty things and excuses and Hey man, it's no excuses. Yeah, you're always giving something. You this all you, this all started with a rant where he's like, "I don't want to hear these excuses." I went on this whole thing, and I was like, oh, oh. "We need to have you on this." Do show. you feel we covered that? You feel very passionate, yeah. Okay, I, I feel think we very, did it. I'm very passionate about that. We did. Okay, so yeah. guys, please, we would love to hear from you and about the things that you feel like you may need to be a little more gritty about. Um, what are the challenges that you're facing? What are the thoughts you have? 
Mm-hmm. Tell us what you're committing to with regard to your grit level. Because Dre and I are getting our grit game up. It's about to be so gritty. So gritty in these streets. Mad gritty, son. <laughs> Mad gritty. Yes, stay connected with us. Hit us up on Facebook and join the conversation. You can search for Spin the Bottle. Um, Spin the Bottle podcast on the iTunes app. You just email us. We're also DDs. on Google Play, y'all. We are on Google Play. You can send us an email at ddspinthebottle at gmail.com. Say hey. We love you guys. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Peace. Thank you.